0: Second Kings chapter twenty verse one In those days was Hezekiah sick unto death. Hezekiah is the king of Judah, and sick unto death means that the illness he had was terminal. And Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, came to him and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, set thy house in order for thou shalt die and not live. The Lord has sent Isaiah to tell. King Hezekiah, that he's definitely going to die and to prepare himself. This is the same Isaiah who wrote the book of Isaiah that we're going to read later. 2. Then he turned his face to the wall and prayed unto the Lord, saying, I like how Hezekiah turns his face to the wall because he's crying. 3. Remember now, O Lord, I beseech thee, how I have walked before thee in truth and with a whole heart and have done that which is good in thy sight. And Hezekiah wept sore. Meaning he cried really hard. He turned his face to the wall because Isaiah was present, and he did not want Isaiah to see his tears because it is too humiliating. Hezekiah does not want to die. And he is telling the Lord, I have obeyed you, which is true, Hezekiah did obey the Lord. He's saying, because I obeyed you, will you let me live longer? Now I think in God's mercy, that is why he was taking Hezekiah's life at this time, and you will see why later on in this chapter, but I believe that it was merciful on God's part that Hezekiah would die at this time. However, Hezekiah doesn't understand that and he asks the Lord if he can live longer. For, and it came to pass before Isaiah was gone out of the inner court of the city that the word of the Lord came to him saying, Isaiah left the palace and he was on his way out of the city when the Lord spoke to him and said 5 Return and say to Hezekiah the prince of my people Thus saith the Lord the God of David thy father I have heard thy prayer I have seen thy tears Behold I will heal thee on the third day thou shalt go up unto the house of the Lord God has told Isaiah to tell Hezekiah that He's going to answer his prayer and let him live longer and that Hezekiah will be able to get up out of bed and go worship the Lord in the temple 6. And I will add unto thy days fifteen years, and I will deliver thee and this city out of the hand of the king of Assyria, and I will defend this city for mine own sake, and for my servant David's sake. All of this is very good. God is really blessing Hezekiah by allowing him to live fifteen more years, and also totally kicking the Assyrians out of Jerusalem. 7. And Isaiah said, Take a cake of figs, and they took and laid it upon the boil, and he recovered this is a fig poultice. A poultice is when you heat up something and get it really steamy, and then you put it on your skin, and then it will extract pus or infection or poison out of your skin. Isaiah is also prophesying that they need to heal him with a fig poultice. And this tells us that Hezekiah was dying from a boil. So you can die from a boil if it never bursts. Usually you would go to the doctor and the doctor would lance it. But in this case, Hezekiah's doctor didn't know to lance it or it was in a place where it couldn't be reached. So the boil was just getting bigger and bigger and bigger and it was killing Hezekiah. So it was probably like this massive grapefruit sized thing. Who knows how big it was. But Isaiah told them to put a hot fig patty on it. Figs can hold a lot of steam because they have a lot of moisture in them. They just boiled up figs and then took the hot paste and put it on the boil. 8. And Hezekiah said unto Isaiah, What shall be the sign that the Lord will heal me, and that I shall go up unto the house of the Lord the third day? Isn't this interesting that Hezekiah is going to be raised out of bed on the third day? Because this is a foreshadowing of Jesus Christ being raised to life on the third day. There are many foreshadowings in the Old Testament of Jesus Christ and this is just one of them. 9 And Isaiah said, This shall be the sign unto thee from the Lord, that the Lord will do the thing that he hath spoken. Shall the shadow go forward 10 degrees, or go back 10 degrees? They're talking about a sundial. In ancient times, people used sundials to tell them what time it was, because the sundial casts a shadow based on where the sun is in the sky. And at different times of the year, of course, the shadow will fall in different places. But by the sundial, you can predict what time of day it is, you can also know what time of year it is, and maybe even predict weather and stuff. Isaiah is saying, what do you want the Lord to do? Do you want him to move the shadow forward 10 degrees or backward 10 degrees? Which would be an absolute miracle, because it means the sun is going to have to move out of its place in order for this miracle to happen. That's phenomenal. This is the second time in the Bible that the sun has been. Affected by a miracle of the Lord, the first time was when Joshua prayed that the sun would stand still for an entire day so that the Israelites could have another 24 hours of daylight to fight the battle that they were in. Because Joshua knew that they wouldn't be able to fight in the dark and that it was going to take another 24 hours for them to win the battle. So he asked the Lord to stop the sun for a day and the Lord did. And now, Isaiah is telling Hezekiah do you want the sun to move 10 degrees in this direction, or 10 degrees in that direction, which is phenomenal. 10. And Hezekiah answered, It is a light thing for the shadow to decline 10 degrees, Nay, but let the shadow return backward 10 degrees. Hezekiah is saying, It would be easier for the Lord to make time go forward faster than to make time go backward. So Hezekiah is requesting that time go backward by 10 degrees. And I'm not sure what that translates in hours of the day, but you could probably Google it and find out. 11 And Isaiah the prophet cried unto the Lord, and he brought the shadow 10 degrees backward, by which it had gone down on the dial of Ahaz. Ahaz is a previous king who had built this sundial. 12 At that time, Barodak Baladan, the son of Baladan, king of Babylon, sent a letter and a present unto Hezekiah, for he had heard that Hezekiah had been sick. Now this is where the story turns, and this is why I was saying it might have been merciful that God was going to kill Hezekiah from this boil at the time that he was, because the fact that Hezekiah lived longer allowed him to be able to make a very big mistake. And if he had died when he was originally going to die, he wouldn't have made this mistake. So now we're going to learn about Hezekiah's big mistake. The king of Babylon learned that he was dying. So the king of Babylon greedily wanted to take all of the wealth out of Israel. He sent messengers to Hezekiah to be friendly and pretend that they just wanted to know how he was. And in Hezekiah's ignorance, and foolishness, he showed them what all the treasures were. He thought he was showing off, but what these men were doing was they were actually spying out the land and they went back to the king of Babylon and reported everything that Hezekiah had. This is a lesson for you and I, don't show your enemy what you have. Don't tell people how much money is in your bank account. Don't flaunt what you have. Don't rub your riches under other people's nose because what it's going to do is it's going to make people want what you have. It's better to just appreciate what the Lord has given you and don't brag about it because bragging causes problems. 13 And Hezekiah hearkened unto them, meaning he agreed to let them come and visit him, and showed them all his treasure house, the silver and the gold and the spices and the precious oil and the house of his armor, and all that was found in his treasures. There was nothing in his house nor in all his dominion that Hezekiah showed them not. Hezekiah is an open book. He just told them anything they wanted to know, but we need to be wise. I have a tendency to be an open book too, so I can understand why Hezekiah was so honest. But you need to realize when you are talking to an enemy, you don't have to tell them all your secrets. And this is what Hezekiah has done. 14 Then came Isaiah the prophet unto King Hezekiah, and said unto him, What said these men, and from whence came they unto thee? God has sent Isaiah to ask Hezekiah a question, but God knows the answer. When God asks us a question, it isn't because he doesn't know the answer, it's a rhetorical question to get us to think about what we have done. And Hezekiah said, They are come from a far country, even from Babylon. 15 And he said, What have they seen in thy house? And Hezekiah answered, All that is in my house they have seen. There is nothing among my treasures that I have not shown them. 16 And Isaiah said unto Hezekiah, Hear the word of the Lord. So Hezekiah has testified against himself of how foolish he was, but at this point Hezekiah does not realize that he was a fool. 17 Now this is Isaiah talking, giving Hezekiah the word of the Lord. Behold, the days come, that all that is in thy house, and that which thy fathers have laid up in store, unto this day shall be carried to Babylon, nothing shall be left, saith the Lord. This later comes true. The Babylonians do haul off all the riches of Israel. The only thing they don't get is the Ark of the Covenant. And we'll discuss that later when we get to the book of Jeremiah, when the Babylonians show up and spoil Jerusalem and take it over. So we'll talk about that later. But this is a prophecy from the Lord that you showed them what they're going to get. You made them want your riches because you showed them what you have. And they are going to come for it. Those two guys who were sent to Hezekiah were not friends. We need to know who our enemies are and know who our friends are and not get confused about the two. Just because somebody asks you how you are doing, that doesn't mean that they actually care. 18 And of thy sons that shall issue from thee, whom thou shalt beget, shall they take away, and they shall be officers in the palace of the king of Babylon. Isaiah is prophesying from the Lord that Hezekiah's own sons are going to become servants to the Babylonian king. Now, they'll be officers, but they're still going to serve a totally different king, and he's a pagan. The Babylonian king is one of the wickedest kings who ever lived. 17 Then said Hezekiah unto Isaiah, Good is the word of the Lord which thou hast spoken. Meaning he isn't going to argue with God, he's going to agree with God, so at least he's reverent toward the Lord. He said, moreover, Is it not so if peace and truth shall be in my days? Hezekiah is saying that because the Lord won't do this while I'm still alive, he's showing me even more mercy that I don't have to see this. In a way, this is a cowardly thing to say, but on the other hand, it does recognize the mercy of the Lord. God isn't going to do this while Hezekiah is alive during the next 15 years. He's going to have Babylon take Jerusalem after Hezekiah is dead so that Hezekiah won't have to be shamed by it. 20 Now the rest of the acts of Hezekiah and all his might, and how he made the pool and the conduit and brought water into the city, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Judah? Which means we are going to read about this later in the 1st and 2nd Chronicles, that he built a huge pool and made a conduit so that water could come into Jerusalem more easily. 21 And Hezekiah slept with his fathers, and Manasseh his son reigned in his stead. Manasseh is the 16th king of Judah, if we don't include Athaliah, who should have never been reigning as queen. And that concludes Second Kings chapter 20.